You're listening to Enclave Community Church. For more information about Enclave, please visit us online at enclavecc.com. This morning's scripture reading is Psalms 147, verses 1 through 6. It says, He heals the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this gathering today. I thank you for the blessing of seeing these baptisms of these young people today. I am just so grateful to be here on this special day. And um, I just pray um, for Matt and the words that he's going to be giving us today that we absorb them and use them and use your words throughout our daily life, Lord. And I'm grateful that we have your word to live by. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start off with a question. So how how many of you would say that in the course of your lifetime, uh, you have seen the things that you value change? So either you have things that you can remember that when you were younger you thought were really valuable and maybe not so much anymore, or you can think about things that you consider valuable now that maybe before weren't as important to you. Most of us, right? right? Especially those of us who are adults. You know, we can look back at, at when we were children and, and see things that you know, we thought were really important then, but not, not so much anymore. Like, I can remember uh, when I was a kid, we would get an allowance, and uh, you know, I'd have like $2 to my name, and my parents would take us to the store. You guys, you guys remember Pick and Save? Anybody? Yeah. So we'd go to Pick and Save, and uh, we'd have like, I'd have $2, and I'd see this toy that was like cheap, plastic, you know, knockoff kind of toy, and I'd be like, oh, I want to get that. It's, it's $1.92. You know, I, I can afford that. And, and, and my dad would be like, no, 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 no. You, you just save your money. You know, no, nope. This is what I want to get. So, so we'd get it and take it home and play with it, you know, once or something and break or who, who knows what. But, um, but I, you know, I, I could care less about saving money. I was a kid. I, all my needs were met, right? But, but this toy, now that had, had some value to me, right? And then, uh, as I got a little bit older, I started collecting baseball cards. And that, that was cool because I liked baseball. You know, I liked uh, knowing the stats of the players. You could look at the back of the card and it would show all the different stats and stuff. And, but, but what was really cool about baseball cards is, you know, they, they were worth money. You, know, and you, you, know, you could buy the Beckett, remember that? That was the catalog that showed how much each one was worth. And you could you go down and you could find, like, okay, 1989, Don Russ, Ken Griffith Jr., go across, and be like, oh, it's worth 
a dollar ninety-two. You know, so um, and, and be like, oh yes, this is I, I've made money. You know, on my card. So, but um, but but now I don't even know what happened to those baseball cards. I had a lot of them, but. They just, they kind of, I don't know, maybe sold them in a yard sale or something, but I don't have them anymore, and I don't really consider those to be something that I, I value anymore, right? And, and just as I can look back and see things that I used to think were valuable, I can also think of things that I consider really valuable now that I didn't really think much of before. Like recently, uh, maybe in the last couple years, Shelby and I had a conversation, and we decided, Shelby's my wife, by the way, if you don't know, um, we decided that we were going to put aside uh, and save money uh, to invest in uh, making sure we could take vacations with our children. So we wanted to kind of invest in experiences and time with our kids. And we, we would save money that we wouldn't, we wouldn't spend it on certain things so that we could have this money uh, to do this together because we value time together as a family. And when we value something, uh, it affects more than just that one thing in our life, right? Like, if we value experiences and time with our kids, that's not going to just show up in, you know, one or two vacations a year, right? It's going to affect everything. Because as we change and as our values change, we start to see our lives change. So it affects how I spend my afternoons when I get home from work. Uh, or, or my days off, right? And, and being intentional with my time with my children because as, as I change and my values change, I change. And the same is true with our relationship with God, right? As we get to know and experience a relationship with God and we know and we understand who God is and what he's done, we, we begin to change. And the things that we value, we value the things that, that God values, Right? And, and, and that happens because God comes in through the Holy Spirit, begins to, to do a work in us, and changes us from the inside out. And, and it also sometimes, however, uh, we can kind of get ahead of ourselves, and, and we can like really try to, try to get excited and, and, and to, to change uh, on our own, or, or we'd say like in the flesh, right? Try to, try to make some things happen. And when that happens, sometimes we'll fall short uh, because... Even in our attempts to obey and follow God, we'll, we'll fall short because we're still sinners. We're, we're being changed and we're being transformed, but we still have this, this sort of sin nature in us. And, you know, Dane Ortland puts it like this. So if sin was the color blue, we, we wouldn't like occasionally do something or say something blue, but everything that we think or say would have some like hint of blue in it. I probably butchered the quote a little bit, Daniel, I'm sorry, but, but you, you get the point, right? It, 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 sin is, is part of us, and, and it, it factors into everything that we do and say. And if that's true, then even my attempt today to explain these things to you are going to fall short a little bit. So we're, we're going to look at three things today. We're going to look at three reasons that we have to praise God. And we're going we're gonna to explore community. We're going to look at healing, specifically emotional healing, and we're going to look at justice. And we're, we're, going, to, we're going to do this like this. We're going, to, we're going to look at how when we, we recognize that God gives us these things and we can praise him or rejoice in, in those things that he gives us, so who God is and what he does as he changes us, we're going, to, we're going to also look at kind of how we fall short in our understanding of what these things are, uh, and then hopefully... Through the lens of Psalm 147, 
we can, we can begin to understand the way that God intends them to be uh, and, and, and how those things can ultimately be for our flourishing and we can, will lead us to, to praise him more as we understand them better. How's that sound? Good? All right. We in? Good, good. So before we, we dive in, just a quick note on Psalm 147. So it's written in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, which chronicles uh, some of the same or, or the same events that we've been learning about in the book of Malachi. So the people of Israel have returned home from exile. And they're, they're now back home in Jerusalem, and they're, they're beginning to rebuild the temple and the altar and the walls of Jerusalem. And, and it's believed that this psalm was written to be sung, and it was sung at night at the conclusion of the work that was being done on the walls of Jerusalem. So they, they would gather and they would sing praises rejoicing in who God is and what he has done as he has brought them back from captivity, back into their community, where, where they can heal and they can experience justice. So we're going we're gonna to look at those three things. So we'll start off with the first one, which is community. Verse 2 says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. So take one more step back. So the Psalms are, are written in, in what type of literature? Po poetry, right? So, so you have this Hebrew poetry is written with a certain style. So most often you'll see it in, in something called couplets. So you have a, a line of poetry followed by a second line. And that second line generally does one of three things. Uh, it, it'll either repeat the first line but slightly different than the first time or it will contrast that uh, first line, or, or in this case, you have, uh, it will um, kind of explain it. So it'll tell how. So you have the Lord builds up Jerusalem. How does he do it? Well, he does it by gathering the outcasts of Israel. He, he gathers the people who have been in exile and brings them back to himself and, and centers this community around him. Now this is not, how we typically form or think about community, right? Generally, we, we build community like this. We either um, make friends with or, or build relationships with uh, the people around us. So, you know, our neighborhoods, churches, schools, workplaces, uh, and we, we form those relationships. Or, or we maybe seek out a place of community that we can belong where, where people have like, common interests as, as us. So th this, is, this is good. This is a good thing. We want to have community. We want to uh, be in relationships with people. We are, we are better off in community than not, right? God, God said it's not good for us to be alone. There are things that come out of me when I'm around other people that I never even see in myself when, when I'm around people. So, so community is good. Um, building relationships is good. And it's really practical, right, to have relationships at work, uh, for your neighbors to know each other and look out for each other. And that, you know, that's certainly true for us. We have neighbors that will help us out and watch each other's kids and, and, and so forth. So that's, that's good. But where this falls short is when we center our community around those things, we tend to feel the need to earn our sense of belonging in those communities. 
So what, what I mean by that is if I feel like there's a, a, a certain standard that I have to meet in order to belong, then I'm generally going to try to show up bringing my best qualities forward so that everybody can see those things, right? And maybe kind of guarding or hiding the things about myself that I would fear may disqualify me from belonging in that community, right? So when we do that, we run the risk of a couple things. One, we, we never really fully feel known if you don't really know me, right? And if you don't really know me, how can I be certain that you really love me? Because would you really love me if you knew all that kind of other stuff about me? I can't know for sure, right? So, so that's the first thing that could happen. The second thing is, is, is if I feel like there's a standard for this community that I have to uphold for myself, then, then what might that do for the way that I perceive other people, right? I could uh, maybe judge and think like, oh, well, you know, I, I work so hard to, to act and be this certain way and, and uphold this like moral standard, but look at that guy, he doesn't do any of that. Or I'll be so focused on myself and, and how I look or act that I might not even see or notice other people around me at all. But when God is at the center, we can recognize that we are outcasts and he gathers. He gives us the seat at the table. We don't have to earn that, right? It's, it's the difference between, like if I said, hey, can I sit next to you? Or, or you saying, Matthew, I'd like you to join me. I'd like you to sit with me, right? I, I know that I am uh, accepted and loved because I'm invited. So that's community. Second thing we're going to look at is healing. So like I said, emotional healing. Verse 3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So it seems to me that God heals our emotional pain. Whoop, sorry about that. Uh, the same way uh, he, he would heal, or we would think of healing like a physical pain, right? Like a, a broken bone or a, or a flesh wound, right? He, he binds it up, sets the bones together, keeps the, the cut from getting an infection, right? So that, that's the way God thinks about healing a broken heart. We typically look at um, healing our emotions by like not feeling bad anymore, right? So I, I feel better, so I must be, be doing pretty good, right? And, and this is okay uh, and, and even good because we, we've got to like be able to function in life and, and we can't just be down in the dumps all the time. We've got to be able to pick ourselves up and, and go to work and, and take care of our children and those kind of things. But, but where this falls short is if I just feel good, have I really gotten to the root of the problem and healed what was broken? So um, th those of you who have um, had conversations with Jay Hyatt may have heard some of his stories um, as, as a firefighter, right? So a as a, a first responder, he's told about times where somebody will have fallen and, and maybe broken a bone and, and they can't get up. And, and he'll approach them and say, you know, I'm, I was going to have to move you. I'm going to have to pick you up and move you in order for you to get better. And, and when I pick you up, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt more than what you feel right now. But it's, it's what's going to be required for you to get better. 
I'm going to tell you my story, and um, I'm just going to forewarn you that I hate talking about this. Like, I, I've avoided um, parts of, of this story in, in my life for a long time. So kind of the last place I thought I would, would share some of this stuff was at a pulpit. Um, <laughs> but here goes. Um, let me drink a little drink of water first. Gearing up. So when I was 19 years old, I got married. Man. Try that again. Okay. When I was 19 years old, I got married. And uh, you know, everybody advised against this. Um, but we had a baby on the way. And, and I had grown up in church. I had known who Jesus was. I'd been baptized. Uh, was, was even really active in my youth group. Uh, but I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time. And uh, so we got married, and uh, we had our child, and, and we moved away. And uh, a couple years later, we had, a, had another child. So we had two kids together, and um, it, without really any foundation and um, not around community or support, uh, our marriage just began to fall, fall apart very quickly and uh, ultimately ended in divorce. And, and I made that decision, and, and I moved on to another relationship. And when she found out about that, she left and left me with the two kids. And I was like, that's fine. I got this new person, um, and now I don't have to go to figure out all the court stuff, and this worked out great. So uh, we got this new relationship, and we got married, and we started a family. We had a child together, and, and now this is all about 20 years ago. And um, before our son was a year old, she... She left me for someone else. And my whole world just came crumbling down. Um, I was just hurt and broken and ashamed, embarrassed. I, I felt worthless. I, I mean, just I, you, you name it. I lost like 35 pounds, put it all back on and more, don't worry. But, um, but I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I mean, just my, my whole, whole life was a mess. And, and so I just began to like seek out things to try to make me feel better, right? And, and some of them were good things, some of them not so healthy, but eventually uh, I just kind of started to feel a little bit better. Like I was like, okay, I can, I can get by, I can, I can do this. And um, eventually um, I met Shelby and, and we got together and we started our family. And, and early in that relationship, we decided we should go back to church. And so we did. And in that time, God began to do a new work in me. He started drawing me to himself in a way that I had never experienced before. I started, like, being excited about who Jesus was. And, and, and you know, I still struggled, but there was this just newness. I mean, you guys, I can see some of you are like, oh, yeah, I, I can remember that. Um, that, that began in me, and ultimately, what, what I've kind of come to the conclusion of is m he healed my heart, or began to heal my heart, because what was broken was I, I wasn't walking with Jesus. That was what was broken in my heart. And, and, and I look back, and, and even today, like, there, there's times where I experience, like, pain and, and hurt that just kind of comes up in me as a result of everything that happened. Like, sometimes if... 
if I'm, uh, if I'm really feeling like I can't do something well, like I'll just I'll feel like my chest will get tight and I'll, I'll just, and, and, and sometimes if I feel like somebody doesn't like me, it's, it's that same thing, like, and I'm like, man, why, why hasn't God healed, healed me? Why, why hasn't he healed my, my broken heart? And, and I think the answer is that, that he, he is healing my broken heart. It's just that what was broken wasn't how I was feeling or, or, or those things. And that maybe what I can understand about healing is that God heals our broken hearts by binding up our wounds and bringing, him, bringing us to him. And that we can even experience pain and suffering, and those, those scars of our wounds can really remind us of what we ultimately have. And we can look at our pain and our suffering kind of the way Paul talked about it, right? As a, a light momentary affliction that's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. See, I have something far better than just feeling better, of hope, of hope. So that's healing. So we looked at community, we looked at healing, and the last thing we'll look at together uh, this morning is justice. So look at verse 6, it says, the Lord lifts up the humble, and he casts the wicked to the ground. So God brings justice by lifting up the humble, and you could translate that word as afflicted. It's, it's the meek, it's the broken, it's the, the oppressed, right? God lifts up the humble by casting the wicked to the ground. The wicked are the ones that oppress, right? So how did the people of Israel come home from captivity? Did they devise like an elaborate escape plan and overthrow the government? No. Um, did, they, did they write a really well-crafted petition, sticking it to the government, letting them know how bad they were? No. No. King Cyrus and the Persian Empire overthrew the Babylonian Empire and in Ezra 1, it says the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus to let the people go. God interceded. He brought justice to the people. We, we tend to think about justice like this. So, right, there's, there's a crime and there's a, a criminal and then there's a victim, right? So, like, if I hack into your bank account and I take all your money, uh, I should probably go to jail, right? some sort of punishment, and, and I should give all the money back to you so you would be restored, right? And, and that is a good definition of justice, right? It, we, we need that. We need to have law and order. We need to have accountability. We, we need those things to be safe and secure in our society. But where this falls short is, one, um, this version of justice kind of works with or without mercy, uh, and, and two, uh, when we try to take up the mantle of justice and we try to be the ones to determine what's right and wrong, we can fall short. Because we're not perfectly positioned to really know God's plan or, or what's even right or wrong. Remember, we talked about there's that color blue in us, so we're, we're going to fall short even in our understanding of the way things are happening. So, and, and let, me, let me just say this. This does not mean that we don't appeal to God or appeal to the authorities for justice. And it doesn't mean that we don't 
fight against injustice by, by joining forces with people who protect and try to help innocent victims. Those are good things, and we should do those things as Christians. Where I want to just caution us is as individuals. Because as individuals, I think it's important that we show mercy. And, and I'm going to give you two examples of kind of where, where that can kind of show up uh, in our lives. The first is when you run across somebody who we would say is like a victim. Maybe they're dealing with something difficult. Maybe they're being uh, oppressed in some way, or, or they're just not being given a fair shake, or they're, they're being bullied, or whatever it may be. Resist the urge that you may have to blame the victim. It might be that they got themselves into that mess. I get that, that could be true. But we still have an opportunity to show kindness and love as a form of mercy. The second way is if somebody wrongs you. So if somebody does something and you're like, I, they, they shouldn't have done that, and they knew that they shouldn't have done that, and they knew that I would be upset that they did that, and, and I'm just going to say something about it, and, or I'm going I'm to handle this, or, or I'm going to post something really mean online that they, they're going to know that I'm talking about them when I say right? Before you do that, I would just invite you to pray and to ask God to reveal sort of your motive or intention behind that. And if that motive is self-exaltation or pride, maybe, maybe the answer is to do nothing. But it may be that something needs to be restored or for the sake of the relationship, something needs to be addressed. If that's the case, do it with kindness. Do it with love and gentleness as a show of mercy. So we've looked at community, and we said when God is at the center, we recognize that we are outcasts, and he gathers us, so we don't have to earn a seat at the table. We've looked at healing, and we said when God is at the center of our life, we realize and we recognize that he is the ultimate source of healing and that our brokenness is the separation from him, and when we have him back, we, we have a healed heart. And we looked at justice, and we said, when God is at the center, we can recognize that he brings justice, and we can give mercy because we've been shown mercy. See, we were created to be in community. God has existed eternally as one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, and he created us to be a part of that community. Sin fractured all that, separated us from God, and in a fallen world, we have brokenness and hurt and injustice, and God had a plan to restore and to bring us back into his community through his son, Jesus, in his death on the cross and burial and resurrection, conquering sin and paying the penalty. See, we can have community because Jesus was completely alone. We can have healing because his body and his spirit were broken. And we can have justice because he took the penalty. God poured out his wrath against sin on his innocent son and gave us mercy. So when we know God and when we know what he's done, and we have a relationship with him, 
It changes us, right? And can ultimately lead us to praising him. Like it says in verse 1, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. I'm going to close us in prayer, and we'll have a baptism. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for, for what you've done, and Lord, we thank you for these reasons that we have to rejoice in you. And Lord, we confess that we, we fall short, even in our attempts to try to, to be good and to be righteous. So Lord, we just ask that you lead us and guide us through your spirit, and ultimately, Lord, that the things that we do can bring glory and honor to your name as we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.